This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we are rolling right along in our adventure in Acts with Eutychus raised from the dead, Paul to the Ephesian elders, parts one and two, Paul lands at Tyre, and Paul makes his way to Jerusalem. Da-da-da-dum! Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
make haste, O oh God, to deliver me.
A reading from Titus chapter 3. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So our text this morning is the first eight verses of Titus chapter 3. Now, upon reading this text, the thing that immediately stood out to me was St. Paul's exhortation to do good works. Or more accurately, the way St. Paul exhorts Timothy, or not Timothy, exhorts Titus to exhort the people under his spiritual care to do good works. Now, the reason this stood out to me personally was uh, the way it did is because in my spiritual upbringing, there was a certain visceral reaction that was instilled in me if ever I was to hear the word good followed by the word works. What do you mean good works? We don't talk about those. Now this may not have been the intention of those around me, my spiritual mentors at the time, but it was certainly the way that my young mind grasped the general concept. In my mind, good works were bad, as contradictory as that sounds. I think this had to be a, uh, an overcorrection 
for any talk of good works in regard to salvation. We are saved by grace through faith in Christ and not by our good works, and this is absolutely true. But when I was younger, I somehow got it in my head that Jesus is good and works are bad, and that's all there is to it. That's it. That's the line. At this point in time, I probably would have fallen into the error that the formula of Concord warns against of thinking that works are somehow harmful to salvation. What I failed to grasp is the distinction between the works themselves and the false confidence that is often placed in those works, contrary to God's word. So I am grateful that the Lord, the Lord working through his word and through faithful pastors and teachers, that I learned this important distinction while I was still young. What we see in our text then this morning is precisely that distinction. And it is a master class in urging Christians to do good works as is right without placing their confidence in those works which are done. Rather, they flow freely and spontaneously from faith in Christ. So Paul urges Titus to remind those under his spiritual care to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Now those who are under his spiritual care are the congregation of Crete, who are, of course, rev relatively new to the faith. And it can, of course, be hard enough for those who have been Christians for our whole lives to remember to behave the way that St. Paul says here that we should. Surely those who are new to the faith need a reminder also. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. St. Paul remembers how it was before faith in Christ. Indeed, many people who believe in the gospel lament how foolish they were before. It was not good. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is the salvation which Paul himself received. This is the salvation which Titus received, which the congregation of Crete received, and indeed it is the salvation which we have received. Paul is careful to say that it is not because of works done by us in righteousness. Before salvation, none of our works even can be done in righteousness. It is only once we have received salvation that our works can be considered righteous and good. Instead, he points to baptism, the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. It is not a work which is done by us in righteousness, but it is a work which is done by righteous God. 
It is no wonder that Luther quotes this passage in the Catechism, because it so clearly teaches how water does such great things, how in baptism the Holy Spirit is poured out on us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. This salvation, won for us by Christ, delivered through baptism and received in faith is the foundation. This is why St. Paul continues, this saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things. Titus and we are to insist on these things. We are to insist on God's goodness and loving kindness. We are to insist on the appearance of our Savior and His mercy. We are to insist on baptism. Why? So that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. And this is a wonderful and freeing statement. Our salvation is, is secure, absolutely secure. And we must insist on this. And secure in our, our salvation, we devote ourselves to good works. It is the natural response to the gift that has been given, the fruit of our salvation. Those works done by us in righteousness are those works done after we have received salvation. We need not rely on them, but with joy in our hearts we do them. By insisting on Jesus Christ our Savior, and by standing on this foundation, his people perform those good works which God has prepared for them to do beforehand, not by compulsion or coercion of the law, because they are no longer under the law, but under grace. It is done out of love. Now, of course, we are not perfect in this, so we need to be reminded of it. We cannot think like my younger self did that we don't talk about good works. Scripture, as it does here in our text today, speaks of them frequently. We should be reminded to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient and ready for every good work. We should be reminded to speak evil of no one and to avoid quarreling, to be gentle and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. And we should be reminded that when we fail to do this, it is because we are encumbered with a great weakness, as St. Paul himself complains in Romans, when he says, for I do not do the good I want. Nevertheless, we should also be reminded that God does not count this weakness against us. As Paul also writes, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So then, my brothers and sisters, now that you have been saved, remember to devote yourselves to good works and put your confidence in God our Savior who has saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I insist on it. Amen.
And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds with Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.
In our prayers, we pray for Zechariah, two-year-old foster brother of seminarian Jacob Frank. Zechariah is undergoing life-threatening complications from recent heart surgery. your humble servants, your holy inspiration, that we may set our minds on the things that are right, and by your merciful guiding, accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Almighty God, Father in heaven, watch over your child Zechariah, now afflicted with sickness. Mercifully spare the life you have given, relieve his pain, guard him from all danger, and restore his health according to your gracious will, that he may be raised to a life of faithful service to you. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by your governance, may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, 
one God now and forever. Let us bless the Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all.